This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Uh, welcome to Rico Bronia. The Mets have lost three games in a row, including getting humbled by the Houston Astros with back to back losses including arguably the worst loss of the year on this Wednesday afternoon when Jason Castro and his 105 batting average hits a two-run bomb off of Drew Smith. But I actually want to calm everybody down. I want everybody to take a big, deep breath together, okay? All together, (sighs) okay? Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to spend the next 30 minutes or so bitching about the issues the Mets have. Uh, It doesn't mean I'm going to say there's nothing wrong here. No one's got anything to worry about. But I do want to start off with reminding everybody something. This team has lost three in a row for the first time all year. It was going to happen. Like, there was going to be a stretch of games where the New York Mets did not play well. And whatever part of the last few weeks you want to pick up, if you want to do the last two days against Houston, fine. If you want to do the West Coast trip, plus the good homestand, plus the bad road trip and say, hey, they've played 500 ball over the last 24 games, which is fact, fine. If you want to go back and look at the last seven games and say they've lost five out of seven, fine. They haven't played great baseball. No one's going to deny that. But let's not act like this wasn't going to happen. Like you don't go through a baseball season without slumping. I mean, you just don't. You don't go through a baseball season in which every game you hit with runners in scoring position. You don't go through a baseball season where you don't have the kind of stretch of games they've had over the last few days, especially against a really good team. Now, one thing I'm not going to accept, because I've seen this crap talked about on Twitter from Yankee fans, it should not occur from a Met fan who's trying to be honest about their team. And that's, see, they can't beat good teams. They can't compete with the Astros. Can't compete with the Astros. They played four games against the Astros. In three of those four games, the starting pitchers were named Carlos Carrasco and Trevor Williams. All right? In the game that didn't include Carlos Carrasco and Trevor Williams, 
the finale of this two-game series, Taiwan Walker was awesome. I mean, he pitched his ass off and appeared to be pissed off when he was taken out of this game in the eighth inning. And we'll get to some of Buck's decisions because I got one major issue with the finale. But just an overarching thing here. Yeah, they're not playing well. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. But we cannot act as if the Mets were never going to have a slump. Like the Mets were never going to go through a 12-game stretch or a 24-game stretch where they're 12-12 and or a seven-game stretch where they've lost five out of seven or a stretch of games in which you play four out of seven against the three-time American League champion Astros and lose to them. And quite frankly, I the, the idea that they've lost to the Astros four times, they can't beat the Astros. Number one, who gives a rat's ass, okay? The odds are very low they play the Astros again, and if they do, we'll be so gassed up that the Mets won the pennant that we're not going to give a crap about four games in June. We're not. And if you do care about four games in June... I would remind you that what you do in a season series means nothing when you face a team in the postseason. So the idea that you should worry about, well, you know, Evan, who cares if they sweep the Rangers? They lost to the Astros. Who gives a crap? This is a contest about winning the National League East. Okay, that's the only priority right now during this regular season. Can they win the National League East? And right now, the Atlanta Braves are coming. There's no doubt. It's a three-game lead. But as I said to you last time on the Rico, and I would have said six weeks ago on the Rico, this is going to be a pennant race. This is not going to be a demolition, despite when the Mets had a huge lead. I guess it was now a month ago. So before we break down the issues of this team and the things they can do to change it and the mistake Buck Showalter made in game two of this series, I just want everybody to take a nice, big, deep breath. Because while I'm a Met fan who may be negative at times, and I didn't feel good about this series, Craig and I talked about it going into it, so I'm not surprised they lost two games in a row, we cannot freak out and say, see, same old Mets. And I'll be honest with you. They've got three games against Texas. they got three games against Cincinnati. they got another four games against Miami. Okay, that's a 10-game stretch against teams. I know Texas has played a lot better but against teams that they should beat. The Rangers are a 500 team. The Cincinnati Reds, while they were never going to rival the 62 Mets with the start they got off to, they're not a good team. And the Marlins, as we've seen in the games the Mets have played against Miami, they can beat them. If they went out over these next 10 games and lost 8 out of 10, yeah, I'd worry. No doubt. Then I'd say, okay, now I'm starting to get a little worried. But I'm not going to freak out over the fact that the Houston Astros won four games against them. The Astros are very good. We get it. We get it. Have the Mets dominated really good teams this year? No. They lost two out of three to the Padres. They split with the Dodgers. They did have success against the Brewers and Cardinals, who I would call pretty good teams. I mean, the Brewers are 11 games above 500. The Cardinals are 10 games above 500. But the truth is, when you face really good teams, you want to, be, you want to play a little bit above 500, Paul. Now, that's a reasonable goal. You're not going to dominate the really good teams. And again, I feel like I'm going to have to say this a lot. You can't look at what the Yankees are doing. The Yankees are having an incredible season. They are matching the 98 Yankees pace, and that's remarkable. And this isn't a Yankee podcast. We're not going to debate how good they are. But I'm just going to remind you, you can't look at the Mets' success and measure it against the Yankees. They're not the Yankees. The Yankees are having a dream season. So we all got to take a big, deep breath and not hit the panic button. 
did game two of this series kind of go into our rankings? Pete and I probably have of worst loss of the year. Yeah, it's a horrible loss. No doubt. I'd put it at number one. You want to put it at number one, Pete? This loss to Houston, worst loss of the year? Yeah, it sucked a lot, and it definitely has to be, no matter what. J- when Jason Castro hits the winning home run, yes. You, you know, Jason Castro hitting a two-run game-winning home run in the ninth inning of Drew Smith sucks. You know, if Altuve hits that home run, I think we'd look and say, all right, well, he's an all-time great player. Altuve didn't even kill the Mets in this series. That's the funny part. <laughs> I mean, he was, let me look at my scorecard. He was 0 for 3 today till he got hit in the eighth inning. And in game one of this series, before he was pulled, he was 0 for 2. So the Mets handled Jose Altuve. The, they couldn't handle Jordan Alvarez. In fact, the only guy who could was Jeremy Pena. I was waiting to say that joke. <laughs> but yes, when Jason Castro, with two outs in the ninth inning, hits a two-run home run off Drew Smith, it sucks. But you know what, Pete? They couldn't score a freaking run. I mean, ultimately, when you look at what happened in these two games against Houston, they scored one run, and it came on a bases-loaded walk down 9 nothing in the ninth inning. That's what they did offensively in this series. So, I agree. The headline is Jason Castro. He's a 108 hitter, whatever the hell his batting average was until he hit that two-run home run. You're going to have to score some runs. And much like what happened, I don't want to mix these two games up, but maybe I should. Maybe we should just recap both games because the first game was just an ass-kicking. But the Mets lost the first game in the first inning. And it wasn't necessarily the Kyle Tucker three-run home run that made it 4 nothing. That That's a big part of it, don't get me wrong. But where they really lost the game is that in the bottom of the first inning, and I said this to my dad, I was at both games. I said to him, look, look, the odds are they're probably going to lose this game. But go get a run in the bottom of the first inning. You don't have to get all four. Get a run in the bottom of the first inning, and you start to chip away. And then maybe if Carlos Carrasco can settle down, more on him in a few minutes, and his bitching and excuses, which I thought was sad. Made me want to cry. I felt so bad for him. But if you can get a run here, and Cookie can settle down, you have a baseball game. When Starling Marte rips that double in the first inning, and then Lindor does nothing, and Alonzo does nothing, that was the game. Yes, the four runs in the first, but also not being able to game, get a big hit in the bottom of the first When If you remember the finale of the series against the Marlins, a series that we looked at and said, ah, they won two out of three, it's okay. Remember how they lost that finale? They lost three to two, and they went one for 13 with runners in scoring position. So you start this series against Houston by doing the same crap. And I'll give you another spot. Fourth inning, even though Carrasco had given up another run to make it 4 nothing, when the immortal Jake Myers had a little rolling single, here come the Mets. They got two on and nobody out. Okay, you can make this thing a game. We've seen the Mets' ability to come back. It's not as if this game is over. They're not quite the Yankees in coming back, but they have come back in games. Two on, nobody out. Alonzo hits that roller second. Altuve makes a great defensive play, but all right. It's not over yet. You got second and third one out. You get a base hit, it's a 5-2 to two game. And J.D. Davis, mister, just throw the freaking guy a fastball. He can't hit it. Strikes out. And I'm telling you right now, do not at me with his hard hit rate. I don't want to hear it. I don't give a sh- crap. I don't want to curse. I don't give a crap Shit. about the... Yeah, that's right. You said it. 
Damn right. I don't want to hear about analytics if it doesn't turn into production. The hard hit rate is supposed to tell me he's hit into bad luck, Evan. Don't worry. Okay. Well, when does that turn into something? He's at 240 with 14 RBIs and in a big spot with second and third and one out, struck out. So I'm sorry. I'm not telling you hard hit rate doesn't mean anything. I'm saying I don't want to hear it about J.D. Davis anymore. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. And then Escobar had a pretty good at-bat, Drew Walk. He still sucks, by the way. And Marcana grounds out. And that's another moment where the game is over. It's 5-0. Framber Valdez is going to get through it. And then, obviously, they pour the gas on. Jason Shreve is terrible. Uh, and Carlos Carrasco overall was terrible. I thought he was settling in. But then, obviously, once he got pulled in the fifth inning and Buck said, I've seen enough, Jason Shreve came on and said, I'm going to pour gasoline on the fire. And so game one was really, and I mentioned the moments, that was it. Because after that, it was a blowout. After that, I'm sitting there at City Field just rooting that no idiot's going to start the wave. And luckily, nobody did. Now, before I get to the issues that continued in game two, when you suck, just say you suck. So one thing I'll give Eduardo Escobar credit for. Eduardo Escobar's had a terrible year, but he's admitted, eh, you know what? Hasn't been good. It's been disappointing. I know I can be better. If you're Carlos Carrasco and Jose Altuve on that check swing, whatever, ball strike, I don't you know, I don't even care. But let's say it was a strike. Let's say it was a swinging strike and Siegel missed the call. You cannot, if you're Carlos Carrasco, cite that play as, well, that was it. That really screwed the whole game up. Well, look, you almost got a double play to the next batter on the next pitch. Then you gave up a base hit to Jordan Alvarez. Then you gave up a base hit to Alex Bregman. And then Kyle Tucker hit a ball that still hasn't landed. You can't explain that those things happened because of one bad call. I thought that was very, very lame on Carlos Carrasco's part. And I don't know if Jose Altuve swung. I haven't bothered to go back and look at the replay because, quite frankly, it's irrelevant. And I remember... Earlier this season, the Jets played a game in London. Earlier this season, last year, Jets played a game in London. And I was angry with Craig because Craig made these grandiose Jet predictions. He kept saying, ah, they're going to win 10 games. And I said, how could they? How are they going to win 10 games? I mean, I, explain this one to me. And I'm sure a lot of it was shtick, and that's okay. But it still annoyed me. So the Jets played that London game. And there was a bad call on the opening drive of the game. I think there was a third down. Jets are on defense. And they called a defensive pass interference, extended the drive. And I think the Falcons kicked the field goal, something like that. It was a a bad call, no doubt. And so on Monday, we come in, we're doing the show. And Craig says, and and he's kidding. That's the point of this. Craig was effing around. He says, they lost the game because of the bad call. And I said, what are you talking about? It was the first quarter. It was one bad call. I was like, well, Evan, that changes everything. (laughs) Everything could be different. I mean, we could play the butterfly effect with everything in life. Like, you could play that game, but it's a stupid game to play, and it's a loser game to play. And I don't think Carlos Carrasco's a loser. I think Carlos Carrasco is an awesome dude. 
I like him. I just think he had a bad moment. And that bad moment was blaming a non-check swing call on why he was terrible. And he's been bad for a while now. We've mentioned there have been good performances, mostly good performances, and then he'll throw in the bad ones and he'll bring up his ERA. But lately, they've all been bad. He has really, really struggled. And look, this Astro team is a, is a capable offense. But when you look at their stats this year overall, they're not, they're not scoring five runs a game. You know what I mean? Like, Alex Bregman's had a very down season. Uh, your Dan's a beast. I get it. Altuve's still a star. I get it. But despite what the Astros have done to the Mets and even what the Astros to a degree did to the Yankees, you know, they're scoring 4.3 runs per game. So let's not act like they were facing murderer's row here. And he got his ass kicked twice. So is there a level of concern for Carlos Carrasco at this point? Sure. I mean, yeah. And look, we added about Chris Bass, and I think Chris Bass has eliminated it. But there does come a time where there's a sample size where you say, okay, guy's pitching like crap. I'm worried. Hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully it's not a back spasm issue. But what went so wrong in game one was not just Carrasco being terrible. But like I mentioned, they couldn't get a big hit. And that really continued from what happened in the finale against Miami that was frustrating, but we kind of threw away as, ah, they won the series. It's not a big deal. As far as this afternoon game was concerned, and I, I have to admit, so this was the SNY sweet game where Craig and I and a bunch of our coworkers, not named Pete Hoffman because Pete was working. Pete was filling in for us today. And you did a marvelous job. I heard from a, a very reliable source who said it was an incredible show. Yeah. No. Yes. In fact, I you know don't what believe you. I'm going to tell you who the reliable source was. I'm just going to spill it out. Pete Hoffman. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. True story then. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Pete, how was the show? He said, it was amazing. <laughs> I'm sure it was, though. I... And by the way, the only reason I didn't listen is I was pissed off after the Met game. So I was like, I wasn't turning on the radio. You should have listened. That's the point, though, is that that moment I made it about the Mets and a lot of Mets fans called in and were furious with me. And that's what we needed. We needed a little bit of a, a well, rehab session. Well, let me ask you something. All right, you've, you've heard me diatribe for 15 minutes. What, am I wrong? Like, are you panicking? Were you going on the radio after this game? Which we'll, we'll break down in a little bit. Were you panicking? Is the sky falling? Like, what, what were you saying? No, exactly. I actually said, it's not the sky's not falling, but you have a great opportunity right here to kind of make amends and make a move and not bring in Ender and Ciarte and, and, and someone with an impactful bat. And, and I basically said, Francisco Alvarez needs to make the call, get the call. He needs to be part of this lineup. And it's like we talked about last podcast. It's not about saving the day. It is to see what you have for the next two or three weeks. Because right now, Dom Smith, a dead bat. J.D. Davis, a dead bat. Eduardo Escobar, dead bat. This guy's got pop. He's got 17-plus home runs. I think he hit another one today. He did. Bring him up. Bring him up. And It's time. And not only did he hit one today, Pete, he caught Max Scherzer. And I don't care about Max Scherzer's line. I know he didn't pitch all that great. Who cares? He threw 80 pitches. He's ready to go. My hope is that Max had a good experience working with him and actually comes back to the Mets and says, hey, by the way, kid's ready. 
You know, I, and I actually had a great time working with him. He called a good game. Now, I'm assuming he called a good game. I have no idea. Maybe Max hates his guts. I don't know. But it doesn't hurt that Max Scherzer was caught by Francisco Alvarez. And you're right. The, the only thing that – I don't want to say I disagree with you, but because this offense has cooled off as much as it has, I think he would be looked at not as a savior, but as someone to help save the offense because the offense has sucked. You know, and and that's why I said I made a point saying like I, I'm. This is not a saving moment. We don't need Francisco Alvarez to come in and like, oh my goodness, because we're still 18 games over 500. We're still three and a half games elite. Well, for three games now because of the Braves won. Three games in front in the, in the in the division. This is not like a oh my goodness, the sky is falling. It's more of a hey, if he gives us two weeks, and it's like, dude, this guy is legit. Then when the trade deadline comes, we don't need to go and search for more back. Oh, 100%. 100%.